Well, we're going to get into the Word of God, my friends. It's going to be good. If you have a Bible or a device that you like to look at the Scriptures on, would you get that out? We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 today. What a great day it's already been. I feel like we're still missing half the, the folks. <laughs> the way the kids ran out of here, guys, next Sunday I expect you to run in just like that. It's time for church. <laughs> love it. Love that energy. We're all children of God, right? <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> we, we love the energy too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should be that excited to come together and get into the Word of God. Am I right? All right, so we are kind of jumping back into our Empowered series where we've been walking through the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts. Um, love to um, be reminded of how this all began, right? And, and that it's our story. Um, we took a couple weeks off there with um, celebrating the resurrection and Palm Sunday, but we're back in it, Acts chapter 4, but as a quick reminder of where we've been in Acts chapter 1, um, Jesus told his followers, hey, I'm going, but stay in Jerusalem, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and then in Acts chapter 2, he did, <laughs> and it was awesome, they received the power of God, um, Peter preached the gospel, first revival service happened, thousands got saved. Then we looked at Acts chapter 3, um, where uh, Peter and, and John are going into the temple. They meet the, the lame man at the, the entrance and say, I don't have any money for you, but I have Jesus. And that man got up and walked that day. It's a beautiful day. So that's kind of where we uh, left off in this history. I, I don't want to call it a story and get you thinking it's fictional. It's where we left off in the account of our story, our history. And uh, so that caused quite a stir uh, when, they, when the name of Jesus brought healing to the man who'd been lame for 40 years. And so we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 4. Um, but, but again, I want to set the context before we jump in. And, and I think uh, anyone who's read the book of Acts loves it, especially I think sometimes we land here as, as a new believer and you're like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing. I wish it could be like that again. Well, let me just say, there's no reason why it cannot be like that. Um, the thing that's so beautiful as we read this um, story of how the church began, the church, Big C Church, which we are a tiny little part of, um, and how it was born is that there's a purity to it. There, there's a, a purity and a reality in the early church but that, that speaks to us about the core of our DNA, what God had in mind when he birthed the church. Now, it doesn't mean that growing and maturing is wrong, just as that when a baby is born, right, the complete DNA is present within but much happens in the lifespan of that, that human being born. But there's a purity in reality in that we need to be reminded of so that we understand some of his original intent, what we're supposed to look like, right, as a church, um, even 2,000 years later, with a little maturity on us, but hopefully not having strayed away from what the Lord had meant for us from the beginning. 
Is that making sense? We have to remind ourselves of our story to keep us aligned with our purpose. And that's true even for us. You know, I would say as a spiritual family, why do we, why do we mention weekly that we feel we're called to be campus connected? Well, because Spirit of Christ Church would not exist today if God hadn't seen fit to save the souls of a handful of MSU students 40, 50 years ago, to, to apprehend their lives and bring them into community. That's why we're here. And if we lose sight of that, we lose sight of us. Am I right? So we, the church's story is still relevant because it's still being written in and through us today. The book of the Acts of the Apostles was the beginning of our story, and it's right that we would remember it. Uh, just as the Israelites often in their history would recount their history. Have you noticed that? If you read through the Old Testament, you read through the Psalms, they're often reminding themselves of what the Lord did. It's a part of the culture of the people of God to talk about our history. Why? Because it reminds us of who he is. It reminds us of his power towards us, but even the idea of the testimony has within it the idea that he will do it again. And in the moments where it doesn't seem like he's doing it right now, we remind ourselves of our history because it tells us and tells our hearts again, he'll do it again. If he did it once, he'll do it again. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. God's not a respecter of persons, and he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. It wasn't like, well, that was just for them. No, it's for us. It's just making sense. So as we read the story, the history, our beginnings, I want it to stir up within us a freshness of faith that he'll do it again. He'll do it again. In fact, we should expect not just the same, but something bigger, something better, something more mature 2,000 years down the road. Am I right? And the truth is he's doing it. 3,000 got saved on the first day, but today tens of thousands are being saved. Did you know that? We, we don't realize sometimes that we really are in the middle of the greatest revival the world has ever known. The number of people coming to Jesus has not gone down. It's gone up over centuries, and we will see more. We will see more as he continues to do what he began, as he continues to pour out his spirit on us, and because he, he continues to work through us, we're going to see more. Do you believe it? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you're just as alive today as you were 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus, that you did for us what we could not do. You conquered death. You conquered hell. You conquered the grave and all of our sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just do that, but you also gave us your same spirit, that spirit that conquered hell and left sin in the grave you have given to us in this room hallelujah thank you that you're the god alive today and thank you god that you are right here right now that you are among us today and we just say again as we said many times today we love you we bless you and we welcome you and all that you want to do in us in jesus name amen all right, you guys ready? We're literally going to read the whole chapter of Acts 4. I wanted to tell you ahead of time, 
because it's not just a two, three verse sermon, okay? We're going to read a lot of scripture, but you know what I love about you? You like it. You like it. I was just telling someone this week how proud I am of our spiritual family, but that's a tangent for another day. I love you guys. I love what I see God doing in you, and I love that you love the word. So we're going to read it, not all at one chunk. I decided I wouldn't like that very much either, um, and I don't want you to get um, lose focus, but we're going to read some large chunks. So again, if you have your Bible, open it up. If you have your phone, whatever you like to look at, if you have none of that, it's right up here, and that's pretty easy to read, right? Okay. Sometimes my graphics aren't that great. I apologize. Black and white works. Let's do it. <laughs> So this is in the wake of what I said, Acts chapter 3, right? They, they healed the guy, the, the place went nuts, everyone's like, whoa, how'd this happen? And they're like, Jesus, the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. And so this stirred up um, some of the authorities, and that's where we jump in. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, this is everybody, came up to Peter and John while they're speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus... I love Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put him in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew now to about 5,000. Again, we're just days into this deal. Thousands are coming in. Because of what? The name of Jesus. Let me just give you a clue on that. That's the point of the story today. It's the name of Jesus. Keep reading, verse 5. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. Really important people. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? And you have to understand, in their culture, the power, the name, who's giving you authority is everything. In In the Roman culture of the day. And I love how they respond. Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, uh, if we are being called to account for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, what a great preface to the answer. (laughs) Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. What a good answer. I mean, way to put it in context. Y'all mad that some guy who's been crippled all his life is healed. And you want to know, by what authority did this happen? Fine. Let me tell you how this happened. It was because of one name, one name alone, and his name is Jesus, the one who you crucified, but who God resurrected. Talk about a gospel presentation. Talk about putting the blame, though. I mean, but the reality is we did it. We crucified him. But that's why this man is healed. Now, if you want to really twist your mind up, it's because they crucified him and God raised him that the man was healed. Sovereignty of God. Verse 11, Jesus is 
What did I say today about the name of Jesus? Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which is an interesting way he paraphrased that and said you, uh, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation, verse 12, is found in no one else, for there is no other name in heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is so much here, you guys. I'm going to keep reading just a little further. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who'd been healed standing there before them, there's nothing they could say. (laughs) Speechless, as it were. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. Let's just pause there for a second. We've been reading a lot. Don't you love this, though? It's the name of Jesus did it all. The name of Jesus. Why are they standing there? The name of Jesus. And that last part, when they saw that these were unschooled and ordinary men, it doesn't tell us how they knew that. Obviously, probably they weren't using, you know, the, you know, high-end vernacular of the educated. They're just fishermen telling it like it is. And so these are not the uh, religious teachers of our day. Um, but they were astonished and took note that these men were ordinary, but they'd been with Jesus. And you know what? That should give you hope. I believe we're all called to be bold witnesses of the name of Jesus. You know, but it wasn't because they were so smart. It wasn't because they had, um, you know, uh, millions of other social media following. It was... Uh, not because they had theology degrees or even had it all together. They were ordinary people, but one thing, they had been with Jesus. And there was something about them, not just their words apparently, same as how they understood somehow from these men's demeanor and actions that they were ordinary and unschooled. They also somehow understood that they didn't hear a story about Jesus, but they had been with him. Do you see that? There was something evident in their persona that screamed, Jesus! Obviously, I guess it would have to be the Holy Spirit. But there was something about their nature that smelled like him and talked like him and had the same power It was on Jesus, so much so that even though Jesus had ascended into heaven, it was as if he was still there. And it was evident. It wasn't just because they wore the Jesus t-shirt. There was evidence in their personhood that they had been with Jesus. Why should this give you hope? Because there is one qualification that is more than enough for you to be a witness for the kingdom is that you've been with Jesus. It's that you know Jesus. And when you do, when you have been with him, it will be evident. It'll be evident to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors. It'll be evident to the governing authorities because you'll look like him, you'll sound like him, you'll smell like him, and the power that was operating in his life 
will be operating in yours. And it will look around you like Jesus is alive because he is. Amen? Let's keep reading the story. So they went to confer. They dismissed Peter and John because they had nothing more to say. What are we going to do with these men? Verse 16, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. Wrong, Jesus. And we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. I told you it was about the name of Jesus. So they called them in again, verse 18, and com- commanded them. This is legal action being taken against them. Not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. These were religious folk, after all. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. If you like to underline, highlight, write things down, I suggest verse 20. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We don't get much of the rest of the conversation. I don't know why, but verse 21. After further threats, they let him go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. It's messy when we all believe in God, just not how he's moving. <laughs> for the man, who was, the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Now, as I was reading this again this morning, I'm like, now there's something I should have read the commentaries about. Why is that a big deal? Well, you go, you let me know. There's lots of great commentary on the internet. Let me know why it's a big deal that he was over 40 years old. Um, that's not what I'm preaching about. But here we are. We're going to pause the scripture for a second again. One act of kindness, one power move through the name of Jesus, and the whole system has been upended, right? Uh, The religious leaders, the civic leaders don't know what to do, but all the people are really excited, all because of one thing, the name of Jesus. It really is a a shakeup when the name of Jesus is truly spoken, presented, and represented. It's a shakeup. And I love what it said there in verse 20. I want that to be our confession that we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and heard. Again, if we know him, if we have been with him, if we truly walk with Jesus, we can't help but talk about him. We can't help but be aware of his presence. We can't help but offer him when we see someone in need. That's what happened to them. And if we call into question, well, I don't feel like that. Well, go back. (laughs) Am I walking with him? Have I been with him? The solution is simple. There's no condemnation for you. But until we get to a place where we can't help but speak about him, we understand we still have need to be with him. It's like a fire shut up in our bones. Because if you see him, if you know him, you know how good he is. You can't stop talking about it. It's like a person who's in love, right? What do they think about the person they love? What are they talking about? The person they love. What's occupying everything? It's the person they love. And for these 
disciples who had walked with him and now had received his spirit inside them, it was Jesus. And it let it be so for us. Because we have received the same Jesus. We have walked with the same Jesus. We've been loved by the same Jesus. And there should be a conviction in us that we can't help but talk about it. We can't help but live it. We can't help but minister Jesus to a world that is so in need. Amen? It doesn't matter what's acceptable. It doesn't matter what the law of the, the land says. Jesus is our treasure. And we will speak of him, and we won't stop. It's going to get real relevant in a second. But the other part of that portion I wanted to just highlight before you read a little more. It's verse 21. It says that the, the governing leaders didn't know what to do. They, they were upset. They didn't have a course of action. Why? Because all the people were praising God. Not even just all the followers of Jesus. Everyone. Why? Because when Jesus moves, good things happen. And you don't have to have the Holy Spirit to celebrate when Jesus is on the move. When a man who's been sick his whole life gets up, we should be thanking Jesus. When God's on the move, the people who are hungry to know him, the ones who are looking for hope in a depraved world, will celebrate. But it's those who are hungry to stay in control that are threatened. You see that? And I have a secret. That hasn't changed. If we are or we're dealing with people who want to be in control, they will be threatened by Jesus. But we need to know that we don't need to be ashamed of Jesus because when Jesus starts touching people's lives, people will praise God. People will celebrate and we don't need to worry about those who get upset because they're trying to hold on to some vestige of power that in a moment the Lord will just breathe and it will be out of their hands anyways. In a moment, he will come and every knee will bow. We don't need to worry about that. We get to be about the business of the kingdom. Most people, when they encounter the love of God through you, through me, through the church, and especially if it touches and changes their situation, are not going to be mad. You know, he said, like how they explained, if you want to know about how this one act of kindness came about that changed this man's life, let me tell you, it's Jesus. May we have a movement of the kindness and power of God through us that causes the people in our community to praise God, that causes people to sit up and take notice. For it really is the kindness and goodness of God moving on people's lives. We won't have anything to apologize for because it will be done in the name of Jesus. I would love to see that. Wouldn't it be great if suddenly the news headlines are declaring Jesus? There's a lot of things that we can stand up for that are good. But sometimes the things we give energy to and stand up for are more divisive. 
What if we made our primary aim to let the name of Jesus bring about good? When the news headlines start declaring him, governments won't know what to do with the church because everyone will see Jesus is alive. This is where I said it would get relevant. Some are saying right now in, in the world, obviously persecution is real, but some are saying in our nation, there is persecution coming even now. What shall we do? How shall we then live? And I would have to agree there is some level and there is gaining evidence of, as it were, leadership governmental structures trying to silence the name of Jesus. Suddenly, this story is really relevant, isn't it? You know, a lot of it is seeing governing authorities trying to rewrite morality, or others are labeling those like us who love the word of God and love Jesus, and, and those who believe in this and, and stand by the word of God that we are, have hate speech because we believe what's in this book. And it does seem a time that we got to fight for our right to freedom of speech, even though everyone else has freedom of speech defended. This is real, right? It's not freedom of speech when those who preach Christ can't speak. Okay? That, that, let's just be real about where we are. But, but what do we do? Do, do, we, do we lose hope? If we feel concerned that there are voices and powers trying to squelch the gospel and silence Christians, I want to tell you, there's a biblical prescription. There's an answer. There's an antidote. There's a response. And it's not really to go on social media and rant about it or run over to your favorite friends and wring your hands about, I can't believe how bad it's, it is and how things are going and what we're going to do. But I believe the answer is right here in the scripture. What did they do? Let's read it. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Jumping right in. So they, they had been imprisoned. They told them, don't speak in the name of Jesus. And he said, we can't do that for you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and they let him go. On their release. You ready? Look in. Just put this in 2023 with me. Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. So they gave the news. This is what happened. When they heard this, what did they do? They raised their voices together in prayer to God. Oh, wait, what did they do? Oh, and the governing authorities are trying to clamp them down. Don't speak the name of Jesus. Don't do that in our, in our community. Don't do this. They, they said they went back. This is what they said to us. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. The prescription? It's right there. That's it. I'm going to keep reading. What did they pray? Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, and this is from Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? 
The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed ones. So they're praying to God, Lord of heaven and earth. They're praying with the scripture. Keep going, verse 27. Indeed, present day, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Now, I'd love to keep going, but the posture of this prayer is so stunning to me. One, I want us to get that the the prescription from heaven when Jesus' name is trying to be squelched out is prayer. But how do we pray? How do we approach God? Lord God, you're Lord of heaven and earth. You're over it all. The the great thing about today is we've already said all this. We, We prayed this already. That wasn't even scripted. All hail King Jesus. You're Lord above it all. Every knee is going to bow to you. This is where we are. This is what has happened. And, but I love that the prayer comes to, now this is what your word says, that this was going to happen. You knew this was going to happen. King David prophesied it. They're, the rulers of the earth are going to conspire against the name of Jesus. And here we are. They've conspired against the name of Jesus. But I love what they didn't say. Oh, Lord, it's so terrible here. They're conspiring against us. They hate us. They're making life terrible for us. Now, God's okay with our honest prayers. But how we posture our heart before the Lord matters. And their posture was, Lord, the leaders, David prophesied the rulers would come against you, and these rulers right now, today, in our city are coming against you. They're conspiring against you. Verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, verse 29, consider their threats and enable your servants, they're speaking of themselves now, what's their prayer for themselves? Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness and then stretch out your hand to heal more. (laughs) and to perform more signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. What's this all about? The name of Jesus. And after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit And spoke the word of God boldly. Say they were all filled. All filled with the Holy Spirit. And spoke the word of God boldly. Again, I just want you to put yourself in the story. You're qualified if you've walked with him. And if you ask him for boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will receive it. And then you get to walk in the power of it. You get to. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, for the sake of the name of Jesus, Jesus will come through. Jesus will shake the place where you are. He'll shake the things that are, and he will answer. Because that's exactly what he did. He answered them. And and the rest of the story is yet yet to be read. (laughs) Uh, We'll do chapter 5 next week. But so I I think I've unpacked this pretty well, so I'm going to see how much of my next notes I need to skip. Um, uh, they gathered 
after this happened, after the governing authorities tried to shut down the name of Jesus, let's just be clear. Didn't try to shut down the church. Didn't try to shut down the movement. He didn't try to shut down Peter and John. They tried to shut down the name of Jesus. Because if the church, if Peter and John hadn't been so adamant to preach the name of Jesus, none of this would have happened. The movement would have been fine. The church would have been fine. But they, they could not keep from declaring the name of Jesus. They couldn't be stopped. And that's what, what caused all the trouble. So when they were released from the trouble and they were told, don't speak in the name of Jesus, they gathered together with the other believers and they boldly approached the courts of heaven. They enjoined the king of heaven and earth to move on their behalf. Because of what? Because of the name of Jesus. Their prayers weren't fear-based. They weren't focused on the problem. They were focused on him. Lord, you created it all. You're over all of this. You see what's happening. Now grant us what we need. Power. A commensurate power and grace for the level of persecution that we're experiencing. It wasn't anything about, Lord, keep us from getting in jail. Keep us from being reprimanded. Keep us from being uh, persecuted. It was none of that. It was, Lord, the, what's written between the lines is he already told them they would be persecuted. That's a promise. But what do we need in the midst of the persecution? A commensurate power and grace to speak the name of Jesus, to walk in the authority of Jesus. And then what happened? When they took the holy prescription and they gathered together before the Lord in prayer, what happened? He answered. And while the government authorities wanted to squelch out and squash out the name of Jesus, you know what came as a result of their prayers? A greater boldness, a greater magnification of the name of Jesus. It says they went on and did more signs and wonders. More people were healed. The name of Jesus didn't get smaller, it got bigger. Well, if this is our story, and we find ourselves in a place where it feels like the big foot of those who have power trying to squash out the name of Jesus, what if, what if we take the holy prescription and what the end of the matter will be, not that they are able to ever squash out his name, but the name of Jesus gets bigger, that the name of Jesus gets better and greater and more magnified in the United States of America. Could that happen? Well, do you believe the word of God? Do you believe it's true? Do you believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? I do. And if that's what he did then, you know what I believe? He's going to do it again. I believe he'll do it now. How do we get there? Oh, Lord, help us get there. It's a simple, holy prescription. Gather before the Lord in prayer. Ask him for more boldness. Ask him for more power. And when you're out and about in your daily life, You can't help but speak about him. You can't help but be about him. Many of us are maybe concerned what's happening in our kids' schools. You know, maybe you should be concerned. There's a holy prescription. Gather your other parents and your grandparents 
and gather before the Lord in prayer. It works. I mean, I know we've got a lot to say, and I'm not against showing up at school board meetings. I'm not against if we feel moved that we need to protest, we need to know more, we need to take action. Do it all but gather before the Lord in prayer. Because there's only so much you can do with your words and your zeal and your conviction. But what if you gathered before the Lord and said, Lord, grant that we would speak your word with great boldness. And that he filled us with power. And then when we show up to the school board meeting or the town hall meeting. We don't just have our conviction and our zeal and our emotionalism, but what if we had the word of the Lord? It would change everything. And what if even in the midst of persecution, we talked more about the name of Jesus and less about the other issues? Again, I'm not saying don't do the lesser issues. Well, let's let the dividing line be the right dividing line. Let it be about Jesus. Not to be about your stance on how kids should be educated. Let it be about the name of Jesus. Let our stance not be about our political sides. Let it be about Jesus. Let's keep the central thing the main thing. Because even here's a problem that we, we've observed, I'm sure we've all seen in the last three, four, or five years, is that even Christians become divided because why? Because we make it about other things, good things. But because we disagree on good, small things, we're not even one. And I don't know if we're gathering together before the Lord in prayer. Let's make our primary concern the name of Jesus. And then let's pray for boldness. And then expect God to do signs and wonders. Let's show up with the word of the Lord. Maybe even a vision or a dream for the school board superintendent or the mayor of the city or the president. These things are not unheard of, by the way. Let's show up with boldness, with the name of Jesus, with signs and wonders. So at the end of the day, we don't just get our way, but at the end of the day, Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets the honor. But there was something about their unity, too. We're going to read the rest of that in just a minute. Again, i got to skip through all the stuff I already said. I want to tell you, and I've said this before, statistics show right now that this current living generation, although there are issues and agendas galore, fighting against the knowledge of God, those, I will say, uh, uh, and those are driven by powers and principalities. You understand that, right? They're spiritually driven. But the, 
And so we fight against those. We fight against spirits, against powers, against principalities. There's a fight there. But beneath the spiritual powers that are driving agendas forward, you know what exists? Real life humans with flesh. And you know what the truth or the reality of those humans right now who are alive breathing on the earth in your neighborhood and in our public schools is they are hungry to know Jesus. Almost more than any other generation. And so let's not listen so much to the rhetoric of the spirits and principalities that are trying to drive through our agendas. And let's believe that Holy Spirit is up to something and, and preparing a whole generation to be awakened to the knowledge of God. Because that's exactly what he's doing. It's statistically proven. They want to know about the name of Jesus. They're not just spiritually hungry. They're not just spiritually aware. They've been saying that for decades. But right now, children want to know about the name of Jesus. They don't want to know about Muhammad or Confucius or Buddha as much as they want to know about Jesus. They want to know about the name of Jesus. And you know what? You know him. You have the answer. You have what they're looking for, and this is our opportunity to be about the name of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Did you really believe that God is for us? Do you really believe that? They did. The early church believed that. doesn't matter what the people do or what legislation you try to throw at us. We know God's for us. He know he's with us. And if he's for us and with us, we know that nothing really can stand against us. Now, it's not a promise that nothing bad will happen. And that the testimony and history of the church will tell you bad things still happen. And yet, in it, God uses it all for good. Paul, the great apostle, preaches the gospel, keeps getting thrown into jail. And what happens? The gospel just keeps getting bigger. The name of Jesus just keeps getting bitter. You know, in our, in our Western American mindset, that's bad. Like, God, how could you let this happen? How did I get thrown in jail? I thought you were for me. Do we believe he's for us no matter what? Because he is. Do we believe we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses? Because we have. And we're meant to display evidence of his power. Let's finish the chapter. We'll read a whole chapter of scripture today, you guys. So all the believers were in one heart and mind. And let me tell you, the one way that's ever going to happen is if it's about the name of Jesus. Not our denomination, our agendas, our political affiliations. We will, as believers, will have one heart and mind when we make Jesus the main thing. No one claimed that they had, that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. And here's the answer to their prayers. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, say all again, that there was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. The end. Until <laughs> you get to the next chapter. Did I read the whole chapter? Did I get close? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I didn't want to be lying. I thought I, I thought I read the whole thing. It's in my iPad, though. 
With great power, they testified. God's grace is on every believer, every believer, everyone walking in the grace and power of God so much so that there was no needs. Why? Because Jesus. Jesus would speak to the right people at the right time and they were ready. The sick persons were healed because his people were ready. Those who had need were met because the name of Jesus was ready and the nature of Jesus was operating in his people. This is our story. How shall we then live? Walk faithfully in this hour by sharing Jesus. God may call you to other things, but let Jesus be first. Two, seek the Lord in prayer together. We've got our Wednesday nights, but you can pray together in your home, at your small group, with other parents at your kids' schools, in your neighborhood. You only need two or three. Find one other believer and gather before the Lord. Receive the boldness from the Lord, proclaim his word, and then exercise the power of the Spirit because it's in you. If you're a believer, he's in you. He's with you. He's for you. This is our story. Amen? Let's stand together. Meredith, could you come? So we're going to end by gathering before the Lord in prayer. This is an active prayer meeting, okay? I'm not praying for you. We are praying together. Just as in Acts 4, it says that they all lifted their voices together before the Lord. If you're a believer in the room, in just a couple minutes, I'm going to enjoin you as a believer in Jesus to lift your voice, to make sound with your vocal cords before the Lord, okay? Are you ready for that? Uh, I want to prepare you because we're going to pray. We're going to pray about this stuff we talked about, and we're going to do what the Lord has shown us is the prescription for the hour. We're going to ask him to make his name great. We're going to ask him to give us boldness. We're going to ask him to release power for healing and signs and wonders, okay? Are you ready for that? I'm ready for that. And your voice needs to be joined in, okay? As we gather before the Lord, I'm just going to literally pray what they prayed and then release us in different topics. But before we do that, I want to make sure we're all right with him, that we're walking with him, that today you would say, I am with the Lord, that there's nothing hindering between me and Jesus. There's no unconfessed bondage or sin. There's no disbelief, doubt, and faith that I'm harboring. I want to get us to that place. So before we go there, before we pray together, before we lift our voices, if you're here and you need to return your heart to him, if you need to confess before him your doubt, your unbelief, if you need to bow before him as Lord, I want to just give you this moment to do that, to confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. You can say it today and be as free as you were, as free as he's. The fullness of freedom and power comes to those who simply confess him as Lord. If that's you, just take your moment right now and say, Lord, I'm yours. I believe in you, Jesus. I bow my knee to you, and I make you my Lord. Thank you for loving me first. Thank you for drawing me to you. Lord, I do pray that any vestiges of of shame, bitterness, unconfessed sin, disbelief, God, would be broken over all of us right now in the name of Jesus. 
God, that you would deliver us from ourselves and you deliver us from lesser things than the name of Jesus. You deliver us from fear. God, deliver us from worry and deliver us into trust in the name of Jesus. Deliver us into confidence in your power that is towards those who believe. Deliver us into an expectation of your spirit moving in greater ways than the world has ever seen. Deliver us into the promises of God again and again and again and again. All right, I'm going to read this Acts 4 prayer, and then I'm going to release you to lift your voice on two or three different topics that are addressed here. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I'll read that one more time. Now, Lord, look on the threats in our world, in our society right now. Lord, we ask you to grant to us your servants. With all boldness, we would speak your word. And that you, O oh Lord, would stretch out your hand to heal. That you would stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. That you do them in us and through us. That you give us faith for it in Jesus' name. So now we're going to raise our voices together. I'm going to ask you to begin to pray and declare God is Lord over all, that Jesus is the King, that He's sovereign over all, just as they prayed in Acts 4. Would you right now lift your voice and declare that Jesus is Lord? Lord, you are King of heaven and earth, Lord over all. No name is above your name. No power is above your power. We come before you today as the King over all, the one who holds the power, the one who legislates things that are not as though they are, who was the same from the beginning and will be forevermore, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. King Jesus, we declare that you are Lord. You are God. There is no one else. We declare that you are the maker of all and the sustainer of all, and every knee will bow before you. You are sovereign. You are authoritative. Your word will stand. Your name will stand. In Jesus, we have confidence. In Jesus, we have faith. Today, we acknowledge you as king over all. Hallelujah. 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 And now would you begin to lift your voice and ask God to give us boldness to speak his word. Go. Lord, you grant us all boldness beyond our natural personality, beyond our natural inclination, that you grant to us a holy fire by the Holy Spirit to speak the name of Jesus to speak the word of God to the situations, to even prophesy to the powers that be. God, would you give us the word of the Lord for this hour? Would you give us the word of the Lord for our situation? Would you give us the word of the Lord concerning all the current cultural manifestations in our world? God, would you give us your word, your power, your name? Would you grant to us boldness to declare it? 
God, that, that a fear would be gone, that our voices would be lifted before you. Give us boldness like we've never seen before. Give your church boldness in our city, in our state, in our nation. Give the church boldness that they couldn't help but speak. They could not be restrained from declaring the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And now, ask him to release his power for healing signs and wonders to be done in the name of Jesus. And ask him to do it through you. Go ahead and pray right now. That's it, that's it, that's it. Lord, we ask for power from on high that you promised. You promised that we would be endued with power from on high that would glorify the name of Jesus. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again and again and again and again. Stretch out your hand to heal. God, give us faith to believe. Stretch out your hand to do signs, wonders, miracles. Break things that we can't break. God, move things that we can't move. And let it be done in the name of Jesus. Let it be done in the power of Jesus' name. Stretch out your hand that all would see that it's you and not us. God, stretch out your hand to do what only you could do. Miracles, signs, and wonders that bring glory to your name. Your name be glorified. Your name be magnified. Your name be honored, King Jesus. Pour out your power like you promised you said you would. You would pour out your spirit on us all. The sons and daughters would prophesy. The old would dream dreams. The young would see visions. And all would prophesy. All would speak the word of God with boldness until the great and coming day of the Lord. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your power. Magnify your name until you return, King Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you would shake this place. God, you would shake everything that can be shaken. You would shake the things that seem so hard and immovable in us. Shake the things around us that seem so hard and immovable. Shake, God, the agendas that seem impenetrable. God, shake the systems that perpetuate injustice. God, shake them all. Shake it all today, even in response to our prayers. Come and let this place be shaken again and let the name of Jesus remain. Let the word of God remain. Let your name remain. And let every other agenda and every other name come to naught. Let us be all about you. All about you, Jesus. All about you, Jesus. You are a one thing. You 